It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And here we go. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast, TGIF. We are heading into the weekend here, the weekend right before Thanksgiving. Hope you are got some great plans ahead of you with some family and friends and all kinds of good turkey in your future here coming up. But for today, we're going to talk about some things. Why the long faces, huh? Why the long faces? Going to get into that here in just a moment. Also want to get to your texts and your voicemails here on today's episode. But before we do, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on all the many platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds. And that Locked On Reds line number is 513-549-0159. Going to get to a lot of those here in just a minute. But first, I... I <clears throat> I noticed that um, Red's Twitter went off the deep end yesterday. Now, if you don't know, if you're not on Twitter, if you have a happier life than some of us, and you're not on the wonderful Twitter.com, Yasmani Grandal was signed by the Chicago White Sox yesterday. Now, 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 before you start to get mad before you start saying, same old Reds, oh my goodness, see, we're not doing anything at all. <laughs> Hold your horses here. Look, I'm not going to lie. Yasmani Grandal, as far as me looking at the free agency picture and who the Reds could go after, he was my most coveted target for them. I would have loved to have seen them go out and get him. The fact of the matter is, they didn't. Now, you can look at this a couple of different ways, and it's not as if there is a, a right or wrong way, a good or bad way to look at it, but I'm going to pose a question to you if you see it one way. You could, like me, look at it and say, well, you know, golly gee, gosh, that's just a bummer that he's not going to be a red. But you know what? Plenty of offseason left. I believe them when they say that there is a plan in place to expand the payroll, to pay money, to go out and make the lineup better. I believe it's going to happen because they said they were going to go get the pitching. They went and they got the pitching. Now, they weren't promising. They were, they were saying that they were going to be better last offseason. And, and they were better last year as compared to the years before. Let's make no mistake about it. They didn't. They, they didn't contend for the playoffs, and you know, it's kind of a bummer. But it's not as if they entered the off season with this mandate. Hey, we're making the playoffs. That's what they said this year. Don't put the failures of last year onto this year's front office. As the off season, we're not even a Reds fest yet. People remember last year, Reds fest was awesome, but none of the big moves had happened yet. 
we hadn't gotten to all that awesomeness that went down. And so it's not as if overnight the Reds were going to sign Grandal Gregorius and trade for Mookie Betts and voila, we're a playoff team before December. That that wasn't going to happen. So you can be in this camp and say, you know what? Sucks we didn't get Grandal, but hey, plenty of options out there. And I actually kind of, I, I think um, I'm going to do a little bit of a deep dive because on the surface I was looking at, ya- or, or not Yanni Cheerios, Robinson Chirinos compared to Tucker Barnhart. And there's a lot of numbers that look really similar except for two big ones, war and OPS plus, and then also subsequently rate, weighted runs created plus. Those numbers are very different between the two of them. Chirinos is a lot better in those areas. But when you look at like career on base percentage, they're about the same and career batting average, they're about the same. And their last great year at the plate was 2017. That's pretty much the same. But there are some other numbers and and, and we'll dive into that in a later podcast. Not right now, but I, I think that they could have gotten grand on. That would have been amazing. But the fact that they didn't, doesn't derail my hopes. Now, here's the other the other point of view that I talked about. There were two, there's two point of views, and maybe you come up with a third or a fourth, and you can call and let me know, 513-549-0159. But the other point of view is, God, man, same old Reds. They ain't getting nobody. We're not getting better. Look at this. This is just this is the sign of what's going to happen all offseason. They're not going to get better. We're not going to make the playoffs. Might as well be the Bengals. All right. I'm, hey, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that you're wrong for thinking that. I will ask you this: How much booze do you have in your house? How much liquor, alcohol? Because you're gonna need a lot of it. If 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 not getting one of the most prized free agents on the market, and I know, I know, I know, you, you're you're not wanting to settle for plan B right out of the gate, and I get that, and they're by no means on plan B right now. They're still on plan A, trust me. But if not getting Yasmani Grandal sends you into the spiral that it sent some people yesterday, saying that 2020 is not going to be a playoff season, it's going to be just like the last six years, if that's the way you think, then, then I would encourage you to increase your stock of alcohol in your house or your apartment or wherever it is that you live. Because the losses in free agency, and I don't even know that this is a loss. It's a bummer. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not making excuses here. It's a bummer that we didn't get Grandall. It does not in any way derail this offseason. Now, if we're still sitting here in March and we still haven't done anything, which I firmly believe will not happen, but if we're still sitting here in March, then then you know what? I I'll I'll be pouring the shots. But right now, there's a lot of people that as soon as Grandall got signed, they didn't just leave it at, well, golly. Look at that. Gosh darn it. That's a bummer. They took it a whole step further and said, Psh, see, they ain't gonna do nothing. Reds will do nothing. All you people that are so happy about the Reds and saying that they're going to up the payroll, they're not doing nothing. 
This is just a sign of that. All right, you, you can feel that way. Let me know what liquor store you go to. I'm going to try and see if I can like buy stock in it or something because, man, you're going to need a lot. But that's just how it is because, look, look here's, here's the deal. We know. We know as Reds fans. And, and if you're new to this whole thing, then follow me for a second. We have players that we want to see the Reds go after. In years past, that was a pipe dream. In years past, the fact that we even thought about Yasmani Grandal would have been laughed at by most seasoned Reds fans because they're like, hey, you just settle in. It ain't happening. But th things are different this year. It's going to happen. And, and I just, you know, I prefer to be of the thing of, gosh, golly darn, geez, sucks that he went to the White Sox, but, you know, Let's take a look at Gregorius. Let's take a look at adding a center fielder. Let's take a look at a second baseman. Maybe Yanni, or I keep calling him Yanni Chirios. Maybe Robinson Chirios is worth a look. Maybe Nick Castellanos is worth a look. Ozuna. So many options out there. This doesn't derail the offseason in any way for me. We're going to jump into some voicemails and some text on the Lockdown Reds line here in just a moment. But first... Let me call your attention. See what I did there? Locked on Reds line and call. Let me call your attention to Blue Chew. Blue Chew has an introductory offer. If you have not tried it yet, go to bluechew.com and enter promo code MLB. You'll get your first order free. Just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is a chewable form with the same active ingredient as Viagra or Cialis. So if you're looking for a performance boost in the bedroom, you're looking to please your partner, I trip over that word. Uh, if you're looking to please your partner in the bedroom, Blue Chew will deliver the same active ingredient as Viagra or Cialis faster because it's a chewable form. And here's the thing, too. You go to their website, bluechew.com. You fill out an online questionnaire. You place an order. They send it to you. You skip the pharmacy. You skip the doctor visit. Sent right to you so that when you're ready to chew it and do it, you reach for Blue Chew. And like I said, go to bluechew.com, enter promo code MLB, you get your first order for free, just pay $5 in shipping. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Reds podcast today. <laughs> Man, I tell you, I was trying to look and see. I thought I created a drop for the Locked On Reds line. Looks like I didn't, so, you know, whatever. Consider this the drop. Don't really have one even though I've got a drop for almost everything else that I do. So, anyway, let's get to some Lockdown Reds line texts and voicemail. I'm going to start with a text because this is an interesting thing that followed along with a kind of a weird trade scenario that I saw on MLB.com. And this question comes, and I'm sorry, I'd love to shout you out. you got to put your name in the text, though, So, but I totally appreciate the text of this thought process. And we're going to flesh it out. So here's the text. The text said, at the trade deadline, Clint Frazier was available. With the Yankees already having a crowded outfield, why don't the Reds call and see what they have to give up? It fills a need in left field, and we are still staying young. I would prefer that, uh, that over Ozuna or Castellanos. Then you have assets such as Winker and Irvin that you might be able to trade. Again, thanks for the text message, mystery person. Uh, that, that's a great thought. 
I would love to see if the Reds could acquire Clint Frazier because, like you said, he fills that lineup need, and he's also a young dude who's still under team control for a decent amount of time. Now, with that, that means that he will be expensive in a trade because while the Yankees have a crowded outfield, they're not just going to give a guy away. At the same token, I I noticed he was part of a let's call it convoluted, trade idea that was on MLB.com. In a article post thingy that they had, it was like five trades that could happen right now that make total sense. You're going to love this one because it follows along some weird trade idea that happened back at the deadline that people were talking about and all of us Reds fans laughed really, really loud at And that is, this trade idea was written in this article, said the Reds would trade Luis Castillo to the Yankees. Now, now don't laugh just yet, but trade Luis Castillo to the Yankees for Clint Frazier, Debbie Garcia, and J.A. Happ. Okay, now you can laugh. I I did. Look, sure. Does that make sense on paper? Yeah, eh, whatever. Debbie Garcia is the number one prospect for the Yankees. He's a top prospect in all of baseball. I think he's like in the top... 15 or top 10, something like that. He's way up there, pitching prospect. And then you've got J.A. Happ, who would be able to slot into the rotation, also would take money off of the Yankees' books, which I guess that's a thing that they're trying to do. And um, and then you would also get Clint Frazier, a guy that the Reds have coveted, or at least rumored to be coveted. And that would fill the lineup hole that we're talking about out in the outfield. I don't like this deal. I don't like that idea. I think if you're going to get Clint Frazier, you're going to do something as if you were trying to trade for Mookie Betts. You trade them some minor leaguers. You trade them maybe a major league bat. Maybe you trade Phil Irvin and that. I I, I don't know. But you're, you're not trading the ace of your team. Because Luis Castillo is the Reds' ace. I think there's an argument to be made with Sonny Gray, but, you know, if anything, it's 1A, 1B, this, that, and the other. But the the strength of the Reds is their pitching. You don't want to lop off a good chunk of that advantage just to fix the hitting. Because we saw what works in the postseason. Pitching. The team with the best pitching wins the postseason. That's just how that works. So build the hitting without getting rid of your strength, getting, trying to lop up parts of your strength. Lop, lop up, lop off. I should just stop saying lop off. But trying to trade away some of the absolute backbone of this team because the backbone of this team is pitching, right? We don't have to have an all-world murderer's row type lineup with this pitching staff, we just need a lineup that's going to score enough runs. They don't have to score a million runs. They just have to score enough. And if you get rid of Luis Castillo, then you're really starting to cut back on that hole enough. And then you really do need a murderers or a lineup. I don't like that deal at all. But I do like the idea of the Reds going after Clint Frazier. So I appreciate that text message. On the next one, this one is from Jeff Johnson in North Carolina. Jeff Thanks for texting in. He said, I have read the Blue Jays are considering trading Lourdes Gurriel Jr. And I probably butchered that, but Lourdes Gurriel Jr. 
He's a talented young player with several years of control left. Do you think he is a good fit for the Reds? I really do. He was a guy that I looked at during the season, and I wasn't exactly sure that that would be something that the Reds could pull off during the year, especially with the Blue Jays still failing out exactly what they need. But it intrigues me that they're even thinking about trading him. Because when I look at Gurriel, at least on his wonderfulbaseballreference.com page, pretty solid. His first year of action, he had 314 at-bats, an on-base percentage of 327, and an OPS plus of 127. He was a very good hitter. He had 50 RBIs and 20 home runs in 87 hits. Just, you know, the numbers are nice. I'm reading off the numbers. And I think I mentioned that this was his first year. It wasn't his first year. His first year was 2018. And even in 2018, he had a 281 batting average and 249 at-bats. So in a decent sample size, not a great sample size, but in a decent sample size, he has shown to be proficient at the plate. And now here's the other thing. He fills another need in that he plays shortstop. Or at least last year he played some shortstop. Now he doesn't have a ton of exposure at shortstop, but that's the second most that he's got. And the main reason for that is the Blue Jays also have a dude by the name of Bo Bichette, who that's exactly why Freddie Galvis is a red, because Bo Bichette was amazing in his first year in the majors. But Lourdes Gurriel can play shortstop, so he would slot in very nicely there. Now, the other problem with that is this is a trade, and he is a young fellow. Gurriel is only 26 years old, so the chances of this being a cheap trade are very slim. The Blue Jays are going to want a lot for him. Even though they mention that he's available, it's not that they're saying they'll give him away on the cheap. But I would love it if the Reds go after him. He follows in line with another guy that I, I've seen on Twitter. I've seen him mentioned in a couple of different areas and a couple of different podcasts in Whit Merrifield. I'd love to see the Reds go after Whit Merrifield because Whit Merrifield and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. both do something that is awesome. They have flexibility. They can play those middle infield spots, and they can also play in the outfield. Now, we do mostly want your middle infield type guys, because that's where the weakness is. I would definitely argue that the middle infield is much weaker than the corner outfield spots. Now, we do have some guys in Aquino and Winker and Irvin that are not necessarily completely proven, but at the same time, we can see their potential. We can see where they could be. In the middle infield, it's a way murkier situation than that. Because I don't want, I, I really don't want to enter. And I, and I saw someone say this on Twitter. If they enter the season with Tucker and Casale as their catcher, then they failed. I disagree. If they enter the season with Freddie Galvis considered as their starting second baseman, I think they could be okay if he's their starting shortstop. But if he is their starting second baseman, then that is a failure. So you got to aim for that middle infield spot because my thought is you get Gurriel, you put him in short, maybe you trade for a center fielder and you put Senzel at second. Voila, we've got a very nice setup now. And Freddie Galvis can move around as needed. I like that a lot more. But I do like the idea of Lourdes Gurriel Jr. I appreciate that question. Next one, we got Chad in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And Chad, 
I love the question, man. Uh, we actually uh, had this discussion the other day, uh, me and a couple of friends, but um, Chad asks, which Garrett from Ohio got the best of a player from Pittsburgh, Amir or Miles? Now, I'm telling you what, that uh, I'm sure some of you probably saw, in case you didn't, because this is a Reds podcast, not necessarily Locked On Browns or Locked On Steelers podcast. Thank the Lord, I hate the Steelers. But <laughs> you had Miles Garrett, and uh, this is super widely known, so I'm probably not saying anything new, but Miles Garrett was smashing Mason Rudolph, the Steelers' backup quarterback who's been thrust into starting duty thanks to an injury to Big Ben that derailed his season. But Miles Garrett was bashing Mason Rudolph over the head with Mason Rudolph's own helmet. Now, the caveat is, if you watch the beginning of that, as most normal people do, not Steelers fans, but as most normal people do, Mason Rudolph, as Miles Garrett is tackling him, Mason Rudolph is trying to take off Miles Garrett's helmet as Garrett tries to get up from the tackle. Mason Rudolph has his hands on Miles Garrett's helmet and he's trying to rip it off. And when he is unsuccessful at doing that, Miles Garrett then rips off Mason Rudolph's helmet and, you know, bedlam ensues after that. That being said, Amir Garrett charged the entire Pittsburgh Pirates dugout, man. It's Amir Garrett all day, every day. And I might be a little biased because I don't really care that much for the Browns either. But. I, I still digress. I mean, I, he took on the entire team. He ran at their dugout. He didn't run at a guy on first. He didn't run at the guy on second. He didn't run at the guy in the batter's box holding a bat. He ran at the entire dugout. And that is an image that will be burned in my mind forever. Now, the Miles Garrett image, that's a pretty big one, too. But the, the, the image... And the pictures that that were taken from that event, and I was super fired up. If you go back and you listen to the episode right after that happened, I was so fired up after that, man. That was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Just sitting there watching it, watching the reaction on Twitter. I mean, there's nothing like Twitter whenever there's some kind of crazy, huge fight going on in a sporting event that's being widely televised, and, and that was absolutely amazing. And, and Amir Garrett, I think, he got the best because he also got the best of multiple players from Pittsburgh, not just one. Uh, but, Chad, I, I appreciate the question, man. Thanks so much for that one. Next one I got is Jimmy Feltner. Jimmy asks, well, now that Grandall signed with the White Sox, I don't have much hope in the Reds pursuing top names. To me... They should have pursued Grandall with more gusto. I guess we will see. Maybe they can get Betts or Rendon. I, hey, it's, it's like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. I can't really fault you for feeling that way. But I do want to encourage you that things are probably going to get better. I really think that they made an effort. And now when you look at the numbers, the numbers aren't super... Uh, overwhelming. There were some people saying, woof, that looks like a lot of money for Grandall. Technically, year-over-year uh, year averages, I think he makes exactly the same amount of money, if not a little bit less than he made in his one year in Milwaukee. So the money's not that big of an issue. The, the one thing that people were talking about was the fact that it was four years. Four years of Grandall 
would be a little bit hamstringing in that they have Tyler Stevenson, and Tyler Stevenson really took a step forward last season. They really like what they've seen out of him. So because of that, you're probably looking at the better part of this year. If not, we don't see Tyler Stevenson at all this this year. We'll definitely see him in 2021. But with that being said, you don't want to have Grandall on the books for four years, and you got nowhere to put him after you call up Stevenson. And we'll get more into that because that's that is another kind of nuance to this whole catching situation. Now, I, I mentioned in previous podcasts that outside of Grandall, the upgrades at catcher are not as pronounced, and it'll be interesting to see if the Reds pursue any of the other catchers out there. As far as pursuing Grandall with more gusto, I don't know. And I don't think that we will ever know the full extent of what the Reds tried. And and I get that, you know, when they don't get a guy, it's very easy to question whether or not the Reds were even in it. But chances are they may not have had the chance. It may be something that Grandall was really looking hard at Chicago. That's the one thing in all of this that we all tend to forget, Me, me included. Like when it comes to free agents, they have once too. It's not as if they are a blank canvas and they are ready to accept the first offer that comes to them. They have once too. And maybe he wanted to be in Chicago. Maybe he felt as though that was where he was supposed to go and Cincinnati just wasn't going to do it for him. Because sometimes that happens. Sometimes you've got guys that have places that they don't want to go. Maybe he just didn't want to come back. Maybe he's like, you know what, been there, done that. I want to go somewhere else. Can't fault the guy for any of those thoughts as much as though I may disagree with him. But that's why they call it free agency. It's got to be both ways. Can't just be the team signing the guy. It's also got to be the guy signing the contract. We got time for one more here on the Locked On Reds Line episode. Hey, Jeff. It's Jordan. Um, I was just curious. I had actually a long question for you. So I know, or everybody knows, that the Reds traded for Matt Kemp, Yasiel Puig, Alex Wood, and Kyle Farmer for Homer Bailey, uh, uh, Josiah Gray, and Cedar Downs. But my question is, what did we gain from that? Well, honestly, like, what did we what did we gain from that trade? We lost two prospects. Uh, yeah, we we got rid of twenty five million dollar payroll from from Homer Bailey, but other than that, we just lost two prospects. So now. I don't even know if the Reds are going to take back, take back, uh, or re-sign Alex Wood. Um, I, I haven't heard anything from Alex Wood. I think that the Reds should try and re-sign Alex Wood for cheap. Uh, I do believe that we could get him for under ten million dollars. Not, not, nothing like six, seven million, more like nine, nine and a half. But I think, I think the Reds could could really get um, Alex Wood for cheap. But I was just curious uh, uh, what your thoughts were about this, uh, because really we traded away two of our uh, good prospects for nothing, for uh, uh, a half a year of Yasiel Week, like a month and a half of Matt Kemp. I mean, it, it's nuts. It's nuts. Uh, I just don't get it. But um, unless we unless we uh, resign Alex Wood, it just makes no sense. But anyway. I appreciate you taking my call, man. Go Thanks for the call, Jordan. Always appreciate you calling in on the Locked On Reds line. I hear you. Look, in a vacuum, this deal is 
an interesting one because you're talking about a bunch of guys that really didn't have much of an impact on the Reds as a whole. Now, here's the thing. They were able to flip Puig, and they added in Tremel, sending him to the Padres. So really, you can lump Tremel in with Josiah Gray and um, Jeter Downs to get Trevor Bauer. Now, I understand as of right now, as of this moment, the impression hasn't been that great with Trevor Bauer because he struggled to end the last season. But the jury for me is still out. The jury for me is far more focused on this year because I think even when they traded for Trevor Bauer last season at the trade deadline, they traded with the caveat of this is a trade for 2020, not necessarily for 2019. Now, I understand where you can get a little worried about that. We traded those prospects out there, but let's be honest. If we get a sustained run, and and really if we make the playoffs and we just get out of that first round with Trevor Bauer in tow and Trevor Bauer being a good part of that, in that trade a win? That's what we're looking at here. I still think the jury is out. Look, it can still be a dud. There's not. I'm not sitting here saying that the idea that it is not a good trade is a false narrative. At the same token, there's still plenty of leeway to figure out exactly what happened here. Exactly what these pieces mean. We still have Kyle Farmer, who is a good utility option off the bench. And like you mentioned, I could see the Reds looking at Alex Wood as maybe a fifth starter. Maybe they bring him back on the cheap, 8 or $9 million to contend for that fifth starter spot. But all in all, they were able to solidify the dominance of their rotation. Now, obviously, that's on paper. Depends on what Bauer actually does this season. But on paper, the Reds have a really, really solid rotation and that's why i still say that the jury's out on this but that's just me thanks guys for your text for your voicemails for the lockdown reds line keep them coming all off season we'll keep doing this but i'm gonna end it today thanks so much for listening to the lockdown reds podcast this week make sure you're subscribed on all the many podcasting platforms to get every episode each and every day for the lockdown reds podcast my name is jeff carr and i will talk to you guys on monday Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.